1: Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blenderhead Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, Monday, November 28th, and you know what we do on Mondays? It's Mondays with McCool, joined with the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports with me. The Advanced Players Course is out uh, right now. How to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players with the uh, custom Excel tools that James McCool has written beautifully for us that I that I used yesterday to to filter out lineups that I was making. Uh so so it's definitely a help. James, uh I, I had a, like a break even. Sunday, how'd it go for you?
2: Badly. Uh, badly.
1: Oh really badly.
2: I okay. So I thought this was was, was really, really easy in GPPs because we had Uh, all of the chalk running backs were on teams with really good passing attacks. So for me, this week is really, really easy. Um, all it was, was in my three lineups. I'm just going to stack up the dolphins. Um, I'm going to stack up, uh, man, I can't remember who, who's the other team that, oh yeah, the, the bucks had a, I had a Tampa Bay stack. I had a Miami stack and then I ended up with a, uh, Las Vegas stack as well, because I had them as a, as a really good stack with the highest team total, whatever um and that was awesome so like the process there I don't regret the process at all what I will be mad about is Miami getting two up to 292 passing yards in the first half and both Tyreek and Waddle at like 85 yards or something in the first half and then just saying we're done we're going to be a real football team and actually win this game and not enter our starters instead of caring about my fantasy team which had a fantastic start um, that was super tilting right like isn't isn't that the
1: isn't that the thesis I mean I talked about this on the on the Friday mm-hmm. premium game theory show with uh with Tuttle that when teams are favored by two touchdowns mm-hmm. that there is a risk that they get to a certain point and then they kind of kind of stop kind of yeah absolutely run the ball more whatever what my attitude on this slate I was with you. That with Jeff Wilson Jr. as super chalk, that it was worth it at the ownership, even though the Dolphins weren't like unowned or anything. The two stacks were owned, that it was still worth doing because people would either be playing Jeff Wilson Jr. or saying, well, the Dolphins blow him out and we're not going to get any fourth quarter run for any of these starters anyway. And my point is maybe they have 42 points at that point, so... So why not right. but we got a, a dolphins defensive touchdown we got a durham smite touchdown and and a playing
2: junior touchdown right and like, a jeff
1: wilson jr touchdown and they're playing the they're playing the texans and once you go up by that much like do you have to really worry
2: yeah so uh that that's that's the main thing here right is people always worry about blowouts and blowouts uh, People think the wrong way about blowouts, especially in NBA, but it does translate over to NFL, right? Where people will look at a really large spread, something like the Chiefs or the Dolphins or or even the Jets, right? Like they'll look at situations like that and think, oh, there's no way the other team can keep up. They're going to blow them out. And then they're not, they're going to rest their, their starters in the fourth quarter and they're they're not going to do anything. It's like, okay, sure. So let's, let's say that they are going to rest their quarters and their starters in the fourth quarter if they've scored 37 real life points already and are now resting their starters in the fourth quarter, they've done their job. Like that there is a chance because somebody had to score all those points. Now we just had the, the nut low outcome here for Miami in terms of Miami stacks, where you get a defensive touchdown, you get a tight end touchdown, like a a backup tight end touchdown and you get uh, the running back touchdown. Right. So like we just end up with the nut low outcome of a blowout, but if instead of those three touchdowns, we end up with four Tua touchdowns, two to Waddle and two to Tyreek, it's like that stack is now the absolute stone nuts, especially the ownership. I mean, in the power sweep, Tua was 12% owned, Tyreek Hill was 16 but Waddle was 9% owned. Like, he was low owned in, in that GPP. So to, to kind of wrap that up, like blowouts, people think about it the wrong way. People think, oh, well, they're going to sit their starters in the last quarter of the game and like, yeah, if they get to that point where it was a block, sure, but somebody had to score all those points. So it they're still gonna likely be very productive. It's right, it's, and they're
1: percentage of the time, you know. They they blow them out in the way that what happened yesterday. Right.
2: right. And you have to account for the ownership, and, and there's an opportunity cost here for sure. But but I thought that especially this week, and I, I talked about this in the Discord, um, not only did you have a situation where people were going to avoid the stacks because of a blowout, but the running back was massive chalk. So to be able to have not only people fading it because of the blowout, but also directly leveraging the chalk running back on the slate, it was just such a good spot. Like the opportunity cost on it was so good. Um, I, I thought Miami stacks were far and away the best stack last last or this week. I just thought- Yeah, out, were-
1: of, out, of, out of my 18 lineups I played- two uh, and four of them so like they he was my most exposed stack Mm -hmm. uh just want to say uh good morning to the people in the chat what uh suki singh bart b trevor lewis good morning defick don easy good morning hit that thumbs up button you know how much it helps out cobra kai is back why didn't we play mike white yesterday
2: why didn't i play mike white
1: no i'm I'm just saying i'm I'm just it's a rhetorical question of like of course the answer is Mike White, plus Garrett Wilson, plus Elijah Moore, no run back, and the Jets in the rain just,
2: and I'm on scene, yeah,
1: right. And then you fade Michael Carter, right? Did you did you fall for the what? What did you do with Michael Carter? Oh, because I played him in my, my lineups. Oh, you play. Oh, you went the other way. Oh, okay. yeah.
2: No, I look. Okay, so. I, I understood that he would be higher owned than ownership projections were saying. Like, I thought that he would be somewhere between 15 and 20% owned because we saw the same thing with Kenny and Drake. Like, the, these kind of late additions into the, the running back pool, especially with how tight pricing has been, um, these kind of late additions ha- have been picking up a lot of ownership. So I didn't mind having him. Um, and when I put in for the projections that he was going to be, like, the lead back, we'll get back to that. But when I put in that he was going to be lead back, he projected just as well as these other guys. You know, he projected up there with Jeff Wilson and uh, and Rashad White for sure. So to be able to have him at twenty percent, which I'm fine with, because I'm stacking against the other pieces of chalk, like he basically just added in one more option for me to indirectly leverage the other running back chalk that I was already leveraging against. So I, I didn't mind having him. Um, it just there was there
1: was, was so, so much, much running backs that projected well that I wasn't sure like to project what the ownership of Carter was like was difficult for me. So like, I understand. So here's two, two macro perspectives, Mm -hmm. one macro perspective of I'm more likely to jam late news than anything else. So if you sided with going overboard or Michael Carter, I think macro wise, That's the right thing to do. Now we saw the uh, what the other week with Kenyon Drake, went way too far. most of most of the time, people don't react to late news efficiently enough. Now at fourteen percent owned in the millie, I think I think that was Carter's efficient ownership. Sure, like I was I was expecting Michael Carter to come up from four percent owned to like eighteen percent owned, and I had I thought he was no much better of a play. For the point per dollar value than Latavius Murray or P Ryan, I didn't think he was as good as Wilson or White, so mm-hmm. like he was like the third guy if you need if you wanted to mix him in, but he was going to now garner ownership, and I thought a lot of the ownership would come out of Murray more than White or Wilson, so I ended up playing a little bit more Murray. I played a lot of Murray one side, DJ Moore on the other side, because sure. I was trying to avoid Garrett Wilson. Because if I, I, I was not going to play Mike know. White and I was not going to play the Bears, I'd re- I didn't want to play a chalky 4K one-off. So, like, if I had P. Ryan in the lineup, I played Traylon Burks, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the other side of the game. If I had Kenny Walker in my lineup, I played Mac Hollins, other sure. side of the game. If I had Mark Andrews in my lineup, I played Zay Jones, other side of the game. I just thought I wasn't playing any Bears, so I saw no need to play what ended up being a much lower owned, I mean, he wasn't low owned, but Garrett Wilson was only 14.8% in the milli, And I had him projected at, at over 20%. Yeah, so did I. So at 14.8, I believe that's about what his efficient ownership was. If I thought he was 14, I would have considered him more. But still, in the fact of from a coral vast of, of my lineups, I, re- I wasn't really playing the Jets-Bears game anyway. And... I was limited on Michael Carter, so it's like, what, what, like I, it's like, oh, Garrett wilson to be chalky. Let me play Carter as leverage against him. It's like, no, Carter's. I would have played the thing. The weird thing is, if James Robinson was ruled in, and he wasn't inactive, I would have been more likely to play Michael Carter. Right, because the ownership three or four percent owned as 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 leverage. Right. So I so it. I think a lot of the Carter ownership took away from Wilson, and uh, then. A lot of people were kind of scared of the rain conditions, so Traylon Burke's ownership goes up to replace him because he was the next best projected receiver in that range. And then after him was Zay Jones and then Mac Hollins, And then I chose to just go down to Zay Jones or Mac Hollins. Uh the, the the weird thing for me, uh I didn't I did not expect Josh Palmer to be eight to the be the fourth. Highest owned receiver. I was playing Josh Palmer in lineups as leverage off of Keenan Allen. But if you tell me that the only the disparity between Keenan Allen and Palmer was twenty two percent to eighteen percent, I I just would have played Keenan Allen in more lineups instead of Josh. I thought Josh. I had Josh Palmer at like eight to ten percent owned, and at eighteen outside of stacks. Like I wouldn't have depl- I mean I I, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have played that type of one-off. So like to me, that was the most uh that was the most surprising thing for me. Uh all this other ownership, I mean, is is fairly fairly spot on. Uh the other situation is uh Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you needed Josh Jacobs to win first place. I mean, essentially, I mean he was 4% on and put up 51 points. Yeah. Here's here, Here's here, I'll, I'll give you the bull case and the bear case. This is what I went on in my head. Okay. Josh Jacobs went on the injury report on Friday. He was questionable. Yeah. Right. And then Saturday night, they're like, no, he's good. He's going to, he's going to play. Uh, I love playing guys that like Jacobs that catches balls out of the backfield and, I mean, he's doing a lot more this year. I love playing these types of guys at low ownership, right? Like you tell me he's going to be 5% owned. I want to play that guy. The problem is, is that look at all the running backs we have on this slate.
2: Right. I mean, I like it's it. just
1: like, it's like, like I, I take a look at, at, at the running back position. I go Wilson, white Walker, Murray, Carter, P Ryan, Eckler, James Connor. If I'm going to pay up, maybe, maybe Derek Henry. He's that seven percent owned Derrick Henry. He could put up a 50 burger. Yeah. Right. Travis Etienne was five percent owned. Of course, he got injured and only put up 0.3 points. So I take a look at some of this and go, like, what am I what am I playing Jake? Like, I'm playing 18 lineups. Like, if I was playing 150, I probably would have had some Jacobs in there, but I'm making a stand. I'm taking a choice and I'm going, you know, I'm I'm playing a lot of three running back lineups, but I have so many to choose from. That I think James, I, I like James Conner at 6,600 at 10% owned. And I thought the best overall running back play was Kenny Walker at 6,900. And I thought his ownership would come down a little with the Michael Carter news. uh, So it's just like Jacobs was just the odd man out. It's like, I just didn't, there was enough value on the slate that I did. I need to play Jacobs. So like, that's the bull and bear case of like, if, if running back was a little bit more star for value. I probably would have played, I would have said, I'll take a chance on 4% Jacobs, even with the, the you know, he may he's a little banged up type of thing. Uh, but then it just, when I was building my lineups, I'm like, why, wh- why do I need to increase the risk of my lineup when I don't need to anymore? Like I, I didn't, I already had proper leverage in my lineups. So it's like, do I, do I need any more? Like I'm playing this Bengals Titans game. So why don't I just play Derrick Henry in this spot? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm playing Mac Hollins as my cheap wide receiver for the Raiders is going to be low owned. Like, why do I have Josh Jacobs? Right. I'm playing a lot of Kenny Walker. So I'm playing a lot of Kenny Walker, which means I'm probably not playing Josh Jacobs on the other side with two running backs in the same game. So it kind of just worked out that way. But in a vacuum, you told me. You know, if you tell me you want you, you played a lot of Jacobs because he was four percent owned and he's Josh Jacobs. I think you're per- I, I think you're perfectly fine doing that. I just, I just thought on there's so much, so many running backs on the slate that if you didn't get to him, so be it. I mean, did, I mean, you have to agree with that. That he has to be a good play at four percent owned.
2: Yeah, here's a here's a list of running backs that I would have preferred over Josh Jacobs this week: uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., Michael Carter, Derrick Henry, Smaji Pirine, Travis Etienne, Rashad White, Dave Montgomery, Dante Foreman, Isaiah Pacheco, Kenneth Walker, Austin Eckler, Austin Kamara. Like, I I I would not have gotten to Josh Jacobs this week. No,
1: I would have played Jacobs over Kamara. Come on.
2: Okay, sure. The last one that I just said, but I would not have gotten. I wouldn't have gotten to Kamara. Like, I I would. I, I don't think because I did play Derrick Henry in one lineup, um, and I thought that Derrick Henry was a really really good play this week, especially at low ownership. Whenever, whenever you can get Derrick Henry at low ownership, you should just play him, um, and. and the, the irony of him having significantly more receiving yards than rushing yards this week, he had an outside shot at a double bonus and just ends up not getting it. Um, but that th- there were what 10 running backs, I think, that you probably get to before you get to Josh Jacobs and his price point at 7,700. It's just, I think what, it's fine. I'm not, I'm saying I, at no, that no, no, ownership, no, 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 I think, that, it's, that, I think it's fine. I, it's just that. The price isn't the problem. The price isn't the problem. You can the opportunity cost
1: of the of the of the slot in your in
2: your lineup. And with the stacks, the way that they worked out, like seventy seven hundred was just such a weird price to pay. Like you just you you don't end up at seventy seven hundred for a running back. You end up either in that five k range, or you can pay up and pay down. Like you, that seventy seven hundred range was so weird for him specifically. It wasn't the price. Like the price is fine. Whatever. I, I don't mind paying 7700. I'd pay a K for Josh Jacobs. But for him to be priced in that spot and like I want to play Miami stacks, I want to play Cincinnati stacks, I want to play Kansas City, I want like I want to play these stacks that are kind of like necessitating me to pay either down or up. Outside of it, it's it's just such a weird price point on this slate. And I I mean put all of that together, on top of i really liked las vegas as a stack and i really wanted to to stack like i I went with an with an overload stack for the las vegas seattle game i played six players from that game um it just ended up being that i just was not going to get to josh jacobs this week And, and i think that's fine if you got there then that's awesome uh he was a fine play it just was such a weird price point and such a weird spot to be to build the lineups that i wanted to build that i personally would not have gotten there
1: Ugh. yeah like uh, even the Arizona game like I, I played Eckler like it was more of a correlation between the lineups that I was playing it's not like if I if if I was playing more Geno stacks then I would have got I would have had I would have had Jacobs. it's just that I thought the geno stacks were over owned like Gino Gino locket Metcalf fan type of thing yeah right I yeah, just that's, I, that's I I, why I had
2: I, that's why I have oh, your cash.
1: stance on Gino. I played Gino in cash and you, you you hate, you hate Gino. Smith. No, I, no, I said ups- Gino
2: in cash. I said Gino in cash. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have like a, a predisposition against Gino. I thought that that one week he was the worst play on the planet. And then he crushed me, but like, that I, I don't have a problem with playing him. I would have played him this week and I did have a lineup with him. And then I swapped it over to a Derek Carr instead, because like I said, I, I overstacked that game. I went, Derek Carr, Mack Collins, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett in one of my lineups because I thought that game had the best Okay,
1: three plus two. If you want to just yeah. completely do that, sure. And and, and,
2: and it just turned out that Derek Carr there made that lineup work better for me. Um, but like I I had no problem with Gino. I had no problem with with anybody from that game. And my game write up, I said that you could literally play anybody from that game and it's fine. And Josh Jacobs is in that game, so I'm fine with that. Um, but I I too would have gone with Kenneth Walker over Josh Adams and Kenny Walker did great, right? Like, like he had a good
1: game. Well, he had two touchdowns, but I mean, it's his, his, uh, uh, he only averaged like one, uh, two yards of carry, but that's Kenny Walker. You have to understand that right. Kenny Walker is he either runs for two yards or 20 yards. And it's, it's, that's yeah. 6,900. It, I'm, I'm any, and his he had the second highest touchdown prop on the entire day. He had a mm-hmm. higher touchdown prop than, uh, than Austin Eckler.
2: Which is crazy because all Austin Eckler, Austin Ackler and Christian Watson, all they do is score touchdowns. That's literally the only thing they do every single time. Yeah,
1: season. but that's where the ceiling comes for DF DFS.
2: No, I was just Don't making I fun that? of that. I'm just, I'm just making a regression joke, Jordan. Just a regression oh, okay. joke.
1: Another thing that I was surprised by was how low owned Chris Godwin was.
2: I wasn't that surprised by that. People hate Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, but people love Chris Godwin. I played Chris Godwin in cash. Like I play my cash lineup in cash games. Godwin was five percent owned. Like Godwin's style of of play is double up friendly. I mean, dude, like you could just pencil him in for like seven for sixty, like as a just as a
2: baseline. Yeah, but people were playing Keenan Allen at the same price. I, like, I was Keenan playing Allen. both of them right but but the, again this is a roster construction thing right like the way that that price is out you're not gonna be playing a lot of both Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin right
1: because people wanted to play Garrett Wilson
2: right people or people wanted to pay like the the running backs the running back slots were already in the mid that 5 mid 5k range and then you're also playing Keenan Allen and then you're also playing a 4k wide receiver so then you're paying up somewhere. Right. Right.
1: You're playing Hopkins Hopkins or Adam. You have the
2: money for it. So you're just, you're not paying, you're not playing Chris Godwin. You're playing, but in
1: cash games, I crush because I, I decided not to play a 4K wide receiver.
2: Right. Which is, which is your mantra this year. (laughs) Right. My
1: mantra is like, I don't want this for, we had the opportunity on the, with so much value on the slate at running back for me not to have to play a 4K wide receiver. Like 4K wide receivers are fine on slates where there's barely any value and you need, you need something. So I'm like, how could how could I how how could I play without a four K wide receiver? Well, let me let me go to war with this wide receiver group, and you run me down. Hopkins, Allen, Godwin. Good luck on that target share. Come on, like you, uh, l- the most amount of targets I could get in my wide receiver spots. Just give it to me. The only thing I have to do is punt and and not play Mark Andrews, and I play Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. And Hayden Hurst did fine. I mean, I don't mind punting a tight end, and that was yeah. fine. So like that's how I got the Kenny Walker in cash, and that's how I got the Godwin in cash. Because I wasn't going to play Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson or Matt Collins or Zay Jones. And the, the fun, the funny part is I played Matt Collins and, and Zay Jones and they, and all of them, and it didn't matter because all, because Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks had a touchdown on a fumble recovery.
2: Yeah. And that, that was the, the Derrick Henry play. And like, you know, it, I, cause I had, I had uh Derek Henry in my Tampa Bay stack. And I had Trelon Burks in my Miami stack. So I was looking at that play and I'm like, am I allowed to be mad about this? Because like one of my lineups is benefiting from this. And yeah, but neither like, of them
1: got a seal. You would have rather all the points go to one of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously like this is in the earlier portions of the game. Like both those guys still have potential to hit their ceiling. Like that there's that there's nothing about that play that stops Derrick Henry from running for 120 yards for the rest of the game. But like... That those instances that if Traylon Burks does not get that touchdown, then I'm pissed. He's eleven point. He got a long
1: pass. He got a long like forty yard something.
2: Right, Was but in chance? the moment, if he doesn't get that, because like in the moment when he recovers that fumble for a touchdown, I'm like, oh okay, well at least I got a touchdown in one of my lineups from that busted play. But if he like if it's like Robert Woods picks it up and runs it in, then I'm just like. Derrick Henry fumbles, then I, and I get nothing for this. Like that's it's just brutal. Again. did you? Uh, how many liners did you play? Just three.
1: Okay, you didn't play McCaffrey in any of them, right?
2: No, no, no. Um, I, I mean, I, I have been looking at that situation because um, San Francisco, the the last showdown slate, like they have a very clear way that they're using Christian McCaffrey. They do not care about utilizing him for a ceiling right now. They only care about utilizing him when the game necessitates that they use him rather than Elijah Moore or Elijah Mitchell or their backup running back, whatever. Like, like in competitive games, but if they have yeah, the game at hand, they're just not going to use then him. They, then they are not going to utilize him. They know and they see that he does have like this injury history, and they're like, this is one of the best players in the game. When he's healthy, we're going to keep him healthy. They're not going to use him if the game is in hand. They, they just refused to. So whoever the backup running back is, Elijah Mitchell at uh, MCL sprain or something, I, he got injured again, right? I think he did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. He, got, so he got injured. Who, whoever it is that's the backup running back, if San Francisco has the game in hand, they're just going to go to them. They're not going to use Christian McCaffrey. If they need to then pull it back and, and the game is not in hand, they'll use Christian McCaffrey. It's very clear how they're use, utilizing him. And then maybe, maybe in the playoffs, they're just going to, unleash him and just say yeah go crazy and I, and I think that they will because they just that's all that matters at that point is is just winning in the playoffs so right now like you shouldn't be playing Christian McCaffrey at all but come the playoffs hopefully people still maintain that bias and think that it's going to continue to be running back by committee because I do think that they're just going to be like completely 100% into Christian McCaffrey in the playoffs because it's it's winner done
1: uh, I'll get another conversation I had on the guild cast. If you want to uh, check out the guild cast, the guild cast, which is uh on Sports Grid as well as it's uh, syndicated to the Road to Grinders fantasy football feed, so subscribe to that podcast feed. I was filling in for Sammy because he was on vacation in Mexico with uh with Davis who was tilting Andrews touchdown drops and Michael Carter injuries, Andrew. yep, and uh and Nate, and we got in conversation about defense. Okay, uh, would it surprise you, James, that most of my lineups had the Chiefs defense
2: in it, in GPP? No, because all, all three of my lineups had either the Chiefs Chiefs, or the Jets. So it doesn't surprise me that you also ate the chalk this week.
1: Right. The The Chiefs in the Millie Maker, I think was like 40-something 40, 40 percent <coughs> uh, owned, and Jets were like 24 percent owned. And the conversation was, it's like, it's a horrible GPP play to play the chalk, the chalk defense. Yes, and that, but that's you're, you that that phrase is incorrect, mm-hmm. right? That that you're not including enough information in what you're talking about. Like, if I were to told you on this slate, let's talk about running back, Jeff Wilson. Let's say he had a projection of seventy-four. Yeah, and he was fifty-four percent owned. I would have him in every single lineup and be like, why isn't he 99% owned?" Right. Right. Okay. So there is a line where it's not just fade the chalk, eat the chalk. There's that like, those terms are, are, they're black and white. They're not, they should be on a spectrum. We see it in NBA basketball. There's some $3,800 guy that like, basically you lock into all your lineups and you go, well, how do I play a guy that's going to be 72% owned? Because he should be eighty six percent, though. Like right. that's that's the reason why. Because he projects so well that he's still under owned for the projection. Uh in just like we said with Jeff Wilson in football, it's like is fifty four percent efficient ownership for Jeff Wilson. Probably not. He probably should be lower than that. But he still should be the highest owned running back. So for you to go in and go. I'm just going to fade the highest owned event. You're also fading the highest projected everything. So it's not a matter of what's high owned and low owned. It's what's over owned or under owned. Now, based on uh, aggregate projections, I had the Chiefs defense, the highest projected defense on the slate at 1,200 less than the highest price defense on the slate. It was the biggest disparity I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. In NFL DFS since I've played, where a defense has a as a salary adjusted plus minus a four, and you also remember defenses typically project for around on average seven points. Right. So to have a salary adjusted plus of four means that you're like you're over fifty percent better projected than every other defense on the slate, regardless of salary. So if the Chiefs were four thousand they would still be one of the, the the better defenses to have on the slate but now you're getting a $1200 discount so my attitude was is that the chiefs should be 50 60% they should be 50 to 60% owned because it's clearly mispriced against the rams understand though that the fragility of defensive projections are it's it's wide it's out of all of all the positions in NFL dfs the highest variant is defense is DST. But just because it's variant doesn't mean you can't project something. It's just that the range of outcomes is going to be wider. So in my opinion, when you have a defense that is four points, better projected than any other, regardless of price and you save money, like what am I supposed to do? Go down to the the Jaguars and, and drop four points in projection and only lose 300 in salary. So it's like, I'm either I'm going to pay up either pay up to be contrarian or why don't I just eat the chiefs defense because it projects like this. So like the the that when when we say when we when people say don't play the highest, don't play the highest on defense. It's so variant. In those cases, we're looking at when one defense projects for a point higher. Right. We had that Bengal slate right a couple of weeks ago. right?
2: 52 percent owned,
1: Right. 52 percent on. The Bengals only projected a point and a half better than any other defense, salary adjusted. In that scenario, one and a half points ain't enough for them to be should be fifty two percent done But for a defense four four point two one, they should be fifty. They they should be fifty two percent not And then I suspected that a lot of people were going to jump on the Jets at thirty three hundred mm. because we had that Nathan Peterman possibility. Right. And he throws a million interceptions. Of course, Simeon ended up starting because they, who knows? So I'm like, well, people are going to jump on the jets and jump off the chiefs. I'm just going to, I'm just, why not play the $2,800 defense that they literally had the highest projection on the slate. So the conversation James though, on the deal cast was, well, we can't project defenses. So I asked Davis, I said, well, you do, you, you do projections, like do you put a number there? I go, yeah. Okay, so why don't you go by the numbers? Well, because well, the fragility is so high. It's like, but you still put a number there, right? But you still like, like in cash games, what did you play? It's like, oh, Chiefs. It's like, why didn't you just play the Browns? They were the cheapest defense. If if defenses don't can't you can't project defenses, why didn't you play the Browns? It's like, well, the Chiefs we were in the best spot, which means, which means you are projecting defense. You you are projecting DSTs. I understand that the error bars are much wider than other positions, but to say that you cannot play the chief's defense, can you play the chief's defense at, at 40 plus percent owned with Rashad white with Jeff Wilson and with T Higgins and with, with, you know, like the chalk combination. No, probably not for GPP, but as long as you get different elsewhere, I mean, there's no reason. It's the same thing of, I'm going to play Jeff Wilson and get different elsewhere. I'm going to play Rashad white and get different elsewhere. Just because it's a defense doesn't mean you can't say the same thing of, I'm just going to eat the chiefs defense and get different elsewhere. And my, my way of getting different was in no lineup that I, that I played, did I play Jeff Wilson or Rashad white together. Once I separate those two 54 and a 44% owned, you know, running backs. I had enough left. I was playing, you know, I always had a, a single digit owned, guy in my lineup so i was i was good but the argument was that oh no highest on defenses you always fade i mean it, i don't know what side that you land on but i'm, I'm assuming that on that spectrum you're, you're you're more on my side that you are i know that you don't like projecting defenses but you still have to
2: yeah so i do project defenses right like i, I have defense projections um And they're built up in a very, very intuitively sound way. Does the other team pass a lot? And do they allow sacks? And that's it. Like, that's how I project defenses. Um, Because the error bars are really wide. So there's not any reason to go super in-depth and, like, try to look at O-line versus D-line and, like, interceptions for blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no reason to do that. Um, So... The Rams were playing a
1: third-string quarterback missing their top two wide receivers, right. and have the worst offensive line in the
2: league. Right. So here's the thing. I I think that projecting defenses, you can do it, but it's not something that you should live or die by. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a certain point as a modeler and as a spreadsheet guy that you need to understand that football is a game played with people and the Chiefs defense was in a killer spot. And the Jets defense was in a killer spot and like
1: the Dolphins defense were in a killer spot also. And they got the 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 Dolphins
2: defense. Yeah. All the Dolphins.
1: Also, the Dolphins defense was much more expensive. Right. So like, if the the Dolphins defense, if the Dolphins defense was the same price as the Chiefs defense, I would have played the Dolphins. I mean, then, I mean. So the fact that we're even talking about this, like if the Dolphins defense was cheaper, you would have played them, means that there is some amount of projecting defenses to some degree. Right. And it's just a matter of are they worth the ownership? And in most slates, the differences between the projected projections of defenses is a point, a half a point between each other. And on this specific slate, there was one that was just so dramatically higher than everything else that I felt that the efficient ownership of the Chiefs was 50-55%. And I thought with the Jets moving up that the Chiefs would not come in at, at that. So I thought they Whoa. I thought they were the highest owned defense, but they were the underowned defense. I do not think they were under-owned.
2: I do think that they were over-owned. I don't think that any defense should ever be 50%. But you
1: project them. them, but you're projecting defense. Right, right.
2: So, so hold on, hold on, though. Like, I, I do project them out, and I do think that the Chiefs defense and the Jets defense were by far the best defenses on this list. Like and I played them, Like, and I hardly ever eat the chalk on defense. But there's a couple of things that go into it, right? One, it's not like the Chiefs were 4K like they should have been. That's where that adjusted value comes in. So to have a $2,800 defense that projects well and is in a really good spot intuitively, those things matter. But it also would have been different if I felt that I needed to play a lot of the chalk at other positions, right? Like at that point, it also means their efficient ownership should go down. Like I don't want to play a 40% owned Chiefs defense if I am stacking up with Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, and T. Higgins, like you said, that matters. Um, but any defense is going to be a fine play. Even if the error bars are wide, if your lineup can accept it, like it's the same thing as a 4k wide receiver. Like you can eat 30% owned Garrett Wilson with the backup jets QB who, why did we all trust that? Uh, we, you can eat that. Mike That's White why is I,
1: not Mag White's better than Zach Wilson.
2: I, I mean, I look, I, a I don't quarterback a quarterback upgrade. Home. I don't have an opinion on that, but like the backup Jets defense quarterback should just like we should all just take a step back and think about that. For you didn't
1: have Mike White projected for seventy four points or anything.
2: No, no. Here, what here's was your? Well, we haven't
1: done that in a while. What was your? What was your, your projection that makes no sense?
2: Okay. Uh, let's
1: see.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast that's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
2: um
1: so around the industry i didn't see anything that that seemed that that egregious
2: i mean i guess michael carter at 17.
1: Uh, my aggregate had Michael Carter at at sixteen point four three, so that that isn't that isn't nuts. All right, hold on, let me go to wide receivers. It's just it's just that Rashad White had a slightly better projection, Ken and Jeff Wilson had a better projection, and Latavius Murray had a slightly lower projection. P Ryan was on par.
2: Uh, Drake London at thirteen.
1: Yeah, that can't be right. He doesn't. They don't throw <laughs> – Drake London. What, what? What? Let's see.
2: Well, Kyle Pitts on IR. So like you have uh, to what, be, what does it matter? They don't throw it at anyone. He, they, I had
1: they him at that. 10.67 in the aggregate.
2: Okay. Did, so how
1: fine. how much does it piss off Kyle Pitts owners that in the game that they actually throw the ball a little bit more? <laughs> that it's the game that Kyle Pitts is in. It? Yeah. Uh, he gets injured cool. and they're like, okay, good. I'm now that he's he's gone, we could throw the ball. It's like, what what are they doing?
2: Well, no, no, no. Okay, so look, look, it makes sense. Think about the coach's comments. They have heralded Kyle Pitts for his pass blocking and his run blocking all year. So of course, when he's out and they don't have him for pass pro, they go or they they don't have they him don't for have run, a run for, They don't have him for run block. blocking. So right. of course, if he's out, they feel they can't run the balls effectively, so they pass the ball more. Right? Like think about the coach's comments on that. That makes sense.
1: We're just trying to read into it. They don't even know what they're talking
2: about. <laughs> I, okay, no, no, no. But Arthur Smith has been really good. Does Arthur Smith
1: know what he's talking about?
2: Dude, they have a good record,
1: right? Yeah, it's it's more of the fact of like, you're playing bad and getting there. Yeah, okay. Right? Sure, it's a negative like, EV lineup winning the Millie Maker. It's like, okay, great. I, got I,
2: think that the, I think that it does have to come down to eventually a point of, even if they are underperforming, I guess, like maybe Mariota is that bad. We've seen Mariota be pretty bad this year.
1: Yeah, I've seen him throw the ball. Maybe that's what they just don't let him throw because he's Yeah, a I think that that's problem. probably
2: it. Like, I, I think that Arthur Smith has been doing what he can with Mariota, who's probably bad. Like, he's been a backup for f- f- three, four years, right? So maybe he yeah. just sucks and they, they can't utilize him. I don't know. Anyway, I, I think that it makes sense that Kyle Pitts being out would lead to a, a pass-heavier game plan. But I digress. Um, Drake London, I, I think he ended up with, like, because, like, who else are they going to pass to? Olamide Zacchaeus?
1: Olamide Zacchaeus and Demir Bird.
2: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I had him with, <laughs> with quite a bit of a market share.
1: Who, who do the Seahawks play next week?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't even looked next week. I swear,
1: whoever's, whoever's the running back for that team, I'm watching Red Zone and, like, doesn't matter who's running the ball. It could be Amir Abdullah, it could be Zamir White, or it could be Josh Jacobs. It seemed like every running play was twelve yards.
2: Well, dude, I like think back to Jamal Williams chalk week.
1: Yeah, you're right against the Seahawks.
2: I the, the Seahawks just end up being in these absolutely high scoring games. I they, they've had they've had a lot of high scoring games so far this year. But who who are they playing? Let's
1: take a look. Who are they playing next week? Seahawks, Rams, <laughs> Cam Akers. Are, are you gonna play Cam Akers? The Rams are probably still gonna only have like a, a 17 point team total. It'll
2: be uh, probably no, I'm not gonna play them.
1: <laughs> are we I'm playing not gonna, the I'm the Seahawks be. defense is that bad? Maybe we play some uh, some per- Perkins could run the ball.
2: Uh, no, it'll be Kyron Williams, right.
1: Yeah, oh, the problem man. with the Rams is that they don't even they they're facing a horrible run defense, but they're the worst run offense in the league.
2: Right? Who who did? Let's see what their split was this week. Uh, Kyron Williams had 11 attempts. Cam Akers had eight. Uh, Cam Akers, he's 4.6 yards for carry. Cam Akers next week, baby.
1: Right, and it's then nice. Nick Chubb. Ne- it, next week, you got to be prepared, James.
2: Oh, it's Nick Chubb for- week.
1: It's for fading Nick Chubb and, and, and losing because they're facing the the Browns are facing the Texans.
2: What what do we got here? What's what's next week? What what are some of the good games here? Uh Vikings, Jets with Mike White, the savior at QB. That game's stackable. I think the Jaguars uh, may be popular against the Lions Lions. Well, defense. especially with Trevor Lawrence looked freaking great in the fourth quarter. You know who's gonna be Agreed. you know who's
1: gonna be chalk uh next week? Uh it, it's gonna be chalk on on tonight's uh uh slate. Uh, the Najee Harris is sixty one hundred against the Falcons
2: yeah people like that
1: right Najee Chalk you know it always good you know the, the, the he's probably going to project well but they're obviously with Najee Harris a lot of lines where he gets 22 carries for 42 yards and then and then pick it and pick it cucks him on the end zone on their on the goal line twice right and he yeah it. i
2: mean that that's that's a very clear like just play pat, pat Fryermuth, right the mooth yeah broncos ravens that's a barn burner that's gonna be great
1: no i think that the top game of the slate is probably gonna be is gonna be the late games it's gonna be chargers raiders and chiefs of Bengals.
2: oh yeah yeah without a doubt without, well yeah but you know Even the have, late games never shoot out you have dolphins 49ers there too like that game has upside.
1: Maybe maybe on the dolphin side.
2: No, I mean like I Brandon Ayuk has been terrific for fantasy this year. People on all, all I kept on seeing was
1: Jawan Jennings catching
2: balls. <laughs> so that's fair. I, I didn't even I didn't look at the San Francisco game this year. Right, was,
1: the same. It seems like their production is so spread out now that like no one's worth their price.
2: Yeah, Let, let's see what what do we have this last week for San Francisco? Debo Samuel seven targets. Brandon Ayuk eight targets. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, this year, so far, has had just three games with less than five targets. He's had, or four games, sorry, week one. He had eight, eight, 11, 11, seven, eight, like for, for his high notes. He's out targeting George Kittle every single week. He's out targeting Debo Samuel most weeks. Like, uh, Brandon Ayuk has been really, really good for fantasy.
1: Now, I found the chalk game. D-Fick has it in chat. The D- Detroit Jacksonville the line the the over the total is over 50.
2: Yeah, people be on. Trevor Lawrence,
1: it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Jay Jones, Evan Ingram and Almond Ross St. Brown. Like that yeah. combination. Cuz yeah, obviously Jay yeah. Jones puts up 30, I got to do it again.
2: Right? Yeah, That's the stock. And then and and chalk Evan like- Ingram never goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't had that happen. For the past four years and and automatically right now i'm just going to say i'm going to say it in the discord uh i like the detroit side more because jared goff has as much upside as trevor lawrence and i'm going to use dj chark this week my stack is going to be jared goff with emin ross and brown and dj chark i'm going to bring it back with evan ingram and i'm going to hate my entire life, <laughs> <The>
1: entire life. <laughs> i like the way that we've just completely moved on from yesterday and just like <laughs> what's going on what's got what what more is there to talk about
2: We about never that? do this you and I never break down the slates like we,
1: we well, I don't even know what's crazy. going on I just looked at the salaries this morning and that's that uh, that's all I know see I haven't even looked at the salaries I didn't even know who' was playing so like right. This, the, the, this the, is the, the right he went Travis etienne is 6400 against the Lions defense
2: well but is Travis Etienne broken
1: what, what no did he's he- fine he, they I saw on Twitter that he could have come back in the game and they did it for preventative measures
2: mm-hmm preventive not yet yeah, but not preventative for your lineups <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh Jaguars Lions let Jock, Jock and then uh yeah I mean there, there's going to be upside I I wonder if people are going to leave out that Charters Raiders stack. no no that's going to be that people are going to No, well that. because we we've had this before like Jaguars Lions can be popular I think that people are going to stack up the bills Think people How about Mike back? White? Look, oh, Cobra Kai. Mike White in the dome. Yep, there's, Mac, there's Mike White.
1: Mike White. You, do, you do the tight end. You do Mike White. Mike White, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin. Kyler Conklin, revenge game. Oh, man. There it is. And then jo- Justin Jefferson as the run back.
2: I mean, and Justin Fields might be back this week for the Bears? against the Packers. Jordan Love
1: may be in for the Packers.
2: I don't think people are going to play that chargers Raiders game. I think people. I think everyone hates David Carr. I think that Derek are, Carr, that's his brother. Derek Carr, whatever. Sorry. Uh, I I think the people. Total, but low... the total should
1: be high. I'm assuming that total is going to be almost fifty.
2: Yeah, but but the Jaguars' lines already at fifty. There's the Chiefs on this slate. There's the Dolphins. Raiders on this are plate. in the dome. The Blitz the is going to love that game. The There's Blitz the is bills gonna be on this slate. I, I'm going to guess the Chargers Raiders is like the fourth highest ownership. Like it's not even going to be. It's not even going to be owned. No.
1: I just, I think, it, I think it'll be the most popular game. It will
2: not. No, no, no. no. The Jaguars, I think it'll Lions be that. will be, be that, and the Jaguars Lions. Jaguars Lions will be the most popular game, and then Chiefs Bengals will be the second highest. Not, not because right.
1: of price. No, the, the, what, we, Who are we who playing. I don't. Know. I don't know who's going to be the chalk.
2: Running you can't back, stack Mahomes with anyone
1: back. else other than Kelsey because he throws to seven hundred people. So
2: it's it's going to be that uh, that Travis Etienne is actually out. That it's not just preventative. That they lied. It's going to be Jermichael Hasty chalk. And then it's going to be that people are playing the chiefs bangles and people will make it work because this is what they'll say. They'll say the chiefs spread the ball around a lot. So I'm going to play Nicole Hardman's little sister at wide receiver because he might catch a touchdown Uh, and he's only three K and people are going to make it work to where they stack Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, one of the third string wide receivers for the chiefs and then bring it back with T Higgins. People will do that. They'll play it with some fringe, $5,200 Fifty-two hundred dollar chalk running back that's not actually a good chalk, or they'll play the good running backs with the Jaguars Lions game, where they go with Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones, and and Evan Ingram with amon Ross, St. Brown, and two six K running backs, and they will not touch the Chargers Raiders game because they think that those teams suck. I just am Charters- gonna play it then.
1: I'm 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 gonna I'm play
2: Justin Herbert and I'm gonna play Herbert yep. and Carr. Yep. And I will, too. And and nobody in that Chargers Raiders game will be over 20 percent, except for maybe Devontae Adams. But I doubt it because people would rather play uh, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills or that. But the Bills aren't aren't on the slate. Oh, no, you're right. That's that's Thursday. Bills Patriots is the Thursday night. Yeah. So I I don't think anybody in that game that Chargers Raiders game will be over 20 percent.
1: You don't you don't feel like stacking Commanders Giants or Steelers Falcons?
2: I think I think people Broncos will talk
1: Ravens, let's do it.
2: I think people Russell will talk themselves into the Steelers. I think people will talk themselves into the Steelers.
1: Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Mark Andrews. I'm,
2: I am so tired of stacking the Broncos. I'm so tired of it.
0: I had Cortland Sutton
2: projected really well this week. And actually, actually, he got there, right? Like I, pre- I projected him for 14 and he got there. But like the Bron- the Broncos, I have no idea how. They have just been like, yeah, let's just let Nathaniel Hackett continue to just run this team into the ground. I have no Do idea. Do you
1: think Russell Wilson will get more touchdowns than the guy's bathrooms? <laughs> no, I
2: don't
1: know. How favorite. is that a meme? How is that a meme that some guy has a lot of bathrooms and it's like, will Russell no, it's, Wilson it's
0: ever? His
2: it's, Russell right, it's his Wilson house. Oh, house. It's Russell Wilson's house. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's
1: Russell Wilson's house. Oh, he thought it was just some random dude's house. So how many how many bathrooms does Russell Wilson have in his house? Like oh, 12. Why? I don't fucking I don't know <laughs> why <laughs> who needs 12 bathrooms in a house?
2: I don't, I don't know, but that's like that's one of the best memes that's come out of this year so far. Dude, I've it's, gone it's to funny.
1: venues. I've gone to venues like concert venues that don't have 12 ba- that that have like 2000 people there and they still they only have two toilets. I'd be willing to bet that most office buildings do not have 12 bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like 12 bathrooms. Not, obviously not are they full
2: bathrooms do they have a shower in it also i i'm gonna guess there's like probably four powder rooms i probably eight full size and then like four powder but is rooms. it 12 like if you say 12
1: that can mean eight full size and then eight half baths also oh my God, so yeah, just that, the toilet in this right seat. yeah
2: man well the, the so the the actual descriptor here is eight toilets so he could he might only or the actual descriptor is actually 12 toilets, right? The so 12 toilets so or have, have 12
1: toilets or 16
2: toilets? He might have six bathrooms with two toilets in each bathroom. No, I don't think so. That's weird. <laughs> Why would you have double toilets?
1: Who goes to the bathroom he's together? A weird
2: dude, all? have you seen yeah, social? What what if what if he's a shy he's pooper? He's
1: defecating with other people?
2: What if, no, thing? what if what if he's a shy pooper? And he feels that, well, like, what if him and Sierra both need to poop at the same time?
1: David in the chat: two toilets facing each other in each bathroom.
2: <laughs> that that's the ultimate, so that him and Sierra can hold hands while they poop together.
1: Uh, who's? And I'm the one. I'm I'm a bathroom expert. I go to the bathroom more than anyone else. So like, I I get the need. If I had a big house, and I had all the money in the world, I'd be like, I don't want to be more than than twenty feet away from a toilet at any time. And put it and put a half bath in like every room, the kitchen, you know. I I have a very big closet, you know, because I store a lot of stuff. I have a big wardrobe, whatever. And in the big walk-in closet, there's a little bathroom there, also. Like that's a half bath, right? So I don't even have to leave the closet if I need to take a poop. I understand that, like, if it's if that's the case, that's fine. But like full, like, why do you need four showers? Why do you need six baths? Like, what 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 I'd even give you. I. I could. I would say, why do you need more than one? But I could even give you two. Like, okay, you want to put one of them on each floor. Yep. And you have two floors. Fine. You want to have a guest. The guest. The guest bedroom has some type of jacuzzi t- tub in it. Fine. But the thing is, is that you don't have the right to put 12, 12 bathrooms in your house until you could throw at least twelve touchdowns.
2: <laughs> no, I. I agree with that. Uh, how many? How many does he have this year? Seven. I, I, it's, it's I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. They don't have that many games left. What they have six
1: games left or something? Thirteen, uh,
2: fourteen,
1: fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. They have six games. They'd have the bye already.
2: Russell Wilson has eight touchdowns.
1: Okay, and how many bathrooms does he have? Twelve. Okay, so he needs four four touchdowns in the next what? And how many games do they have left? What's their record? They have six games left? Seven games left? Yeah, they've, yeah. They have yeah seven you can't games. say yeah to two things.
2: It's one or the other. No, seven games left.
1: Seven games. So he has to throw four touchdowns in seven games. I, I'll i put that at even money at this point. <laughs> That's
2: a sweat. Think about this. He has, He has thrown. It's even money right now, for sure. But in 10 games, he has thrown eight touchdowns. So that is legitimately a sweat to see if he hits the amount of toilets in his house.
1: No, but see, see, now the thing is, James, he could rig this by getting rid of bathrooms. Like if he just went in right now and got rid of a couple of bathrooms, then then he has thrown more touchdowns than bathrooms.
2: Okay. All right. So you know what we
1: have to do if if we had a bet on this, I'm going to go there. I'm going to start installing more bathrooms. I'm going to put the little, little porta potties that counts as a bathroom, right? So I don't have to build anything. I bring some porta potties, have some like training one, you know, like little kids, little little potties that they said, like that's a, that may count as a bathroom.
2: Well, no, no, no okay, okay. But, but the, the distinctive here is that it's a toilet not a bathroom. So the, the little oh, potties- oh, I didn't
1: know that it was a, oh, so these are toilets.
2: Yes. Toilets. Okay. So the little potties count here, but, but the key here is that you have to do it without him knowing because he'll have them removed. So you have to get into Russell Wilson's house. You have to develop this rapport with Russell Wilson and Sierra and get into his house, really engage yourself with their family and then somehow hide these little kids' toilets across their house so that you can win this bet.
1: I was going to do it as a motivational tool. No. I was going to do it be like, look, look, Russ. You really got to step up your touchdown production. So I know that you have 12 toilets and you think that you're on pace for your 12 toilet production, but I'm going to bring in 10 more toilets. So it's like, no, 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 now six games, you got, you got to throw a lot more touchdowns Does this that hopefully would motivate. Count
2: as insider information. If you add toilets to his house and give him motivation to throw more touchdowns and then stack him next week,
1: let's do it. We'll work on it together.
2: I unfortunately do not live in Colorado anymore, so I'm not sure that I'm gonna be able well, to Well Amazon. Make it, right? We'll
1: send some Amazon we'll mail it to him.
2: That's true. I do still have contacts there. I guess I could I could hit some people up. Let's try to get For some Amazon more bathrooms. he will get inventory. some
1: big boxes, some big and wonder why all these toilets are coming.
2: This this is incredible. Right. Card uh, Van says
1: uh, Jordan's gonna spend his DFS winnings on adding bathrooms at another man's house.
2: Here here's another I'm fun gonna stack
1: bathroom. Russell Wilson and win the Millie. It'll be a worth worthwhile investment.
2: Here's another bet: Will Russell Wilson end up passing? um, Let's see. Will he end up passing Jacoby Brissett in fantasy points by the end of the year? I don't think so. Russell Wilson is currently at 134. Jacoby Brissett currently at 168. Jacoby Brissett will not play any more games left.
1: Now he'll get there. I mean, to get could get like what 30 points in six games like he's
2: mm-hmm. gonna do that let's hope
1: now why hope if he's i'm i'm playing him i don't care
2: well that's true i i want it like why want... why
1: why do you want to root for russell wilson
2: no i i i want i want nathaniel Hackett to get fired because i think that that offense, like it was such a well-projected offense and they have so many good weapons that it just sucks to see it be so bad
1: maybe russell wilson sucks
2: I don't – there has never been a circumstance where QB has dropped off this hard at this age without, like, the physical destruction of their body. It's just weird. Like, it's it's he's just –
1: He's letting Geno Smith throw the ball. And he's yeah, doing better than Russell Wilson. Man,
2: may, maybe he's just been bad all along and Pete's just been hiding him, just like Mariota.
1: There maybe you go.
2: Russell Wilson is just Mariota.
1: Worse, he doesn't even run,
2: not anymore. Yeah,
1: right. What happened there? Gets a contract. He gets old. He he got all those toilets, and he was just satisfied. It's like, I why do I need to do any more anything more in my life? I already have twelve toilets.
2: Yeah, his his entire life goal is just to have more than ten toilets in his house, and he now has twelve.
1: Right, diminishing returns. The third when when you install that thirteenth toilet, it doesn't give you the same feeling as when you go from like six to seven or seven to eight. Yeah, It's like, you feel like you're moving up in the world. But once you get to like the 18th toilet, it's like, you might as well put in 10 more. It's not going to, you, you grow toilet tolerance, right? right? Maybe you get, right? You grow, you grow to, next thing you know, you have 96 toilets in your house and you're like, I don't know how I got here. And then that now you have to hit rock bottom.
2: And then you're just sleeping on toilets. Can you imagine a house with like 26 toilets in it? How big does that house have to be?
1: It just has to be 26. It could be a very small house. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a big house it could be a house that look look my house right here i could install 26 toilets a my
2: functional house. house with 26 toilets
1: it it won't it, the, the kitchen will be worthless and at the i am that basically the television my television in the living room will be sitting on top of toilets yeah. right and my, my 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 couch would be basically a three-seater of toilets I, I like it would it wouldn't be a couch it would just be three toilets would that be the best? Where you could just sit and poop and, walk, and just like like just oh okay, I, I don't have to get up. I just poop on the couch.
2: We get we get paid to have these discussions. Why <laughs> like, people are like people are like man, you guys have such cool jobs. You get to watch sports all day and get paid for it. No, we get paid to talk about. It. We we get paid to talk about this and fixing baseball, just incredible stuff. I and I I am I am just blessed. So this this is just great. This has been good.
1: You know the best place to listen to this show Where on that? the toilet, <laughs> right? The best place to uh, to uh, to learn DFS strategy by getting the theory of daily fantasy sports mm-hmm. for advanced players. How to apply profitable DFS strategies. A systematic, repeatable, time-efficient way, 10 chapters of audio, James's uh, Microsoft Excel tools. Pick it up, theoryofdfs.com slash advanced. James, people can find you at uh, paydirt underscore DFS.
2: Yep, paydirtdfs.com. Uh, I have a lot of really cool tools over there, a lot of cool, really cool models for pretty much every single sport, and also still running a uh, Black Friday deal, which we'll run through next Friday. If you use pay- code BF all caps at checkout on a monthly subscription. So yeah, go check that out.
1: And I'm on Twitter at Blender HD. Feel free to come to Twitter for all my toilet takes. I got, I got toilet takes. I got toilet takes up the ass. If you <laughs> want to say so. Right. Right. The D fix says the advanced course includes free toilet strategy. If you need, if you need toilet strategies, you come to me. I'm, 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 I'm very good at, at, at game, the game theory of finding bathrooms and how and how to get, and how to get there. Right. There have been a lot of times that I've had to quickly find bathrooms. It's you basically have to you have to plot like you are looking for Starbucks, right? Not McDonald's, right? But primarily Starbucks. Star, Starbucks has actually has a corporate policy to let you don't have to buy anything in order to go to the bathroom. How would I know that? Because I looked it up. <laughs> I do my research, James. <laughs> I do my research. Uh, okay give me give me those thumbs ups come on you give them on you like the toilet talk hit that thumbs up button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell we got uh we got basketball today we got uh uh, monday night football i'll be on tonight me and tim will be covering the 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 monday night football slate the steelers and the colts so uh so check that out hit that notification bell and uh, i'll be back be back later and then then tomorrow again like I'm always here answering your DFS strategy questions Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS free game show on rotogrinders.com.